It's unnecessary roughness. Back to pass. Walking left. Lofting left. To the end zone. Adams grabs it falling down. Touchdown Devontae Adams. He was on his backside and the ball landed in his lap. One play. One touchdown. This is unnecessary roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Still can't get enough of this beat right here. Shout out to Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Holding it down a major way. Did a really good job with, with uh, that beat right there from the game. As we kick off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio this afternoon. Mike hit us up on Twitter. What up, Q? I'm interested in seeing who gets the green dot on D. Uh, is that going to be Robert Spillane? Is that going to be Divine Diablo? Is that going to be Other? That is going to be interesting. Uh, something that we do know is that the Raiders are, are really training everybody to be able to wear that green dot. So, yeah, I feel like Spillane feels like that that should be his spot. But I also feel like Divine Diablo feels like that should be his spot. We also know the Raiders have brought in another another uh, linebacker, so maybe they don't feel as confident about the room right now. We'll have to see about that moving forward. Definitely appreciate that tweet. Also got another tweet from a commitment to – what's his name? Commitment to – hold on, hold on. Incompetence. That's his name, at NJ Raider G on Twitter. Uh, he said, really disheartening, but not surprising to hear that Illuminor still has a problem with false starts. Uh, and that, that is that is troublesome. It really is. I mean, to see that he's still – and I don't know if this has a lot to do with the, the cadence of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. They're still trying to get used to it. But he's had multiple false starts so far in training camp, and I think that that uh, is, is an issue, right? And he's got to be able to show that he could be that guy. They cannot have – those five-yard penalties. Jakob Johnson, he was another guy. False start. Jermaine Illuminor, false start. Uh, there was another guy on the offensive line. False start. Uh, there's been, I've seen tight ends. I've seen Michael Mayer. False start. Like, you can't – those five-yard penalties are killers. That all of a sudden turns second and five or second and short into second and long. That could potentially turn into third and long. It's just you cannot have those. Uh, Money Hunt hit us up on Twitter. Q, trade Merrick for a fourth and we'll be all right. Man, that'd be a fall for Grace only in year three, right? You go from being a second-round pick to getting a fourth-round uh, pick in return for him. But, again, he hasn't done anything in the league to prove that he's worth more than that. So I don't, you know, I don't blame him for the, the sentiment on, on possibly getting maybe a fourth round in return. Uh, Art hit us up on Twitter as well, talking about Josh Jacobs. When I read the – I put the tweet out there uh, from Josina Anderson, my understanding is the Raiders are open to restarting talks with running back Josh Jacobs with the hopes of getting him to rejoin the team which still remains the goal for the organization. Art said, I'm confused. I thought that negotiations were over after the 17th and will not be able to resume until after the season. And you're right. You can't negotiate more than this year's deal. And what I mean by that is the franchise tag is there. That he, he's At some point, if he's going to play, whether it's with the Raiders or any other team, he's got to sign that franchise tag. Now, with that being said, similar to what the Giants did with Saquon Barkley, they could put what I like to call some sugar on top. Right, the 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 Giants put nine hundred thousand dollars, which is not a lot of sugar as far as I'm concerned. Right, I mean, basically, it's like they bought a new car and they threw in a tank of gas. (laughs) 
right? Like, here you go. We'll give you or, – or maybe even better yet, we'll wash the vehicle before you take it off the lot. I, I mean, I don't think that $900,000 is a lot of money to, as far as sugar on top. But that is basically what the G-Men did to get Saquon Barkley into, uh, into camp. And Saquon didn't even get a no-trade clause for the next contract. Like, that's what he should have done. And I know when I mentioned that to John McClain, he said, yeah, most likely that that won't happen. I feel like if you're the running back and you're the running back's agent, okay, look, if I'm only going to take $900,000 of sugar on top, at least say that you're not going to franchise tag me again. At least put that in my contract. So either you give me a deal or I can go somewhere else in free agency. At least give me that option. That's at the very least what they should do. And I'd be shocked. And this is just me knowing Josh Jacobs to a certain extent. I would think that him and his agent would be savvy enough to say, look, We'll, we'll, we'll play on the tag with a little sugar, but there's no way you can, get, you can franchise me next, next year. No way. And I think that he would be willing to sit a little bit longer to try to make sure he gets that. Now, ultimately, does it? I don't know. But I'm sure that he's going to try to try to make that happen. So uh, those are a couple tweets that we got at your boy Q254 at R&R 920 AM at Ari Produces as well. We definitely appreciate that. We'll get back to your calls and texts in a little bit. Of course, the question that we threw out there you could be thinking about in the meantime, in between time, what or who are the camp battles that you're most intrigued by? Who do you feel has the biggest fight on their hands for their job? this upcoming season. While you think about that, I did want you to hear a few sound bites from some uh, media sessions that we had earlier today with both Coach Tom McMahon and also Bilal Nichols. And matter of fact, Amir Abdullah, the running back, will throw him in there as well. So all three guys. We also talked to uh, DeAndre Carter, uh, but I don't have any sound that I really want to bring from him. It was kind of not a whole lot that was intriguing from him. So I just like to bring you some some really good stuff. So Coach Tom McMahon, we'll start with him. And one of the big offseason things that happened in the NFL, not with the Raiders, is the new kickoff rules. And I don't like them. I don't like the fair catch rule. I think it's taken a major element out of the game. But here's Coach McMahon talking about adjusting to the new kicking rules. I'd be guessing if I said. I think that, I think that situationally, Guys are going to fair catch the football, you know, when they, they need to. You know, we got great head coaches in this league. Um, I feel like we have the best, but we have great head coaches in this league. They're going to make decisions. You know, you got leads in the, in the second half, so on and so forth. You know, um, early on, you're trying to pin them. I don't know that it's going to change really the philosophy, but there's going to be some different kicks. You know, that's the biggest thing that we're working on is there are going to be some weird kicks to try to force returns. And everybody knows they call them squibs, but you might get line drives. You might get all kinds of different kicks that get some spin on them and things like that. Coaches are smart. And the one thing I do know is that they're not going to just sit there and settle for allowing guys to get the ball at the 25-yard line. I'm expecting a lot of, as he mentioned, squib kicks. I'm expecting a lot of kicks that are going to hit the ground and make players make decisions as the ball is rolling because you know once the ball hits the ground on a kickoff, it's live. So the players are going to have to hop on top of it. They can't just assume that it's going to roll out of bounds or roll into the end zone. I think there's going to be some decisions that are going to have to be made. That's something that I think that, that coaches are going to work on a lot to try to force the issue to make guys either try to field it and just sit on it uh, and not fair catch it. I mean, again, if it's, you can only fair catch it out of the air. So if, it, if it's a squib kick and it hits the ground, you're not fair catching it anymore. So that's one of the elements. And so, again, the coaches are smart. They're sitting in the lab right now figuring out, okay, what can we do? And we all know that the Raiders coaching staff, we saw what they did last year when they were holding the ball on the kickoff. They had it on the tee and they were holding it. Uh, and then until the NFL said, no, you can't do that anymore, they were getting a new angle with the ball. So they're, they're definitely working on something. They're trying to cook that up. Another big uh, storyline for the Raiders and, and their, their special teams unit has been the new long snapper. Trent Sieg is no longer around. Now it's Jacob Bobemeyer, uh, Joe Bobemeyer, excuse me. So uh, Coach McMahon was actually asked what was attractive about him? Why did they bring him into the mix? 
A uh, great person, you know, the thing that, that he adds is you have to be able to be a snapper, okay? So snappers have to have accuracy. They have to have velocity. They have to control laces on field goals, so on and so forth. But what he does, there's about five or six guys in this league that can cover kicks. You know, he was a defensive lineman slash outside linebacker at Northern Colorado. You know, he was a converted into a snapper. Luke Rhodes at Indianapolis, you know, who's the perennial pro bowler, was a linebacker, you know, in the core. Actually, for me, when I was in Indianapolis for two years, and we converted him. So a lot of guys now are trying to find that guy that also is a coverage factor. Because now you're covering with 10, you know, and I get it. You know, A.J.'s a, a coverage factor, too, because he's got to place the ball. But now we don't want him making tackles. If A.J.'s making tackles, you know, I won't be up here. <laughs> so there's Coach Tom McMahon talking about uh, what was attractive about the new long snapper. And I think one of the main emphasis was the fact that he's really good at covering the kicks. He's really good at getting down there and, and being that guy that can help get get the, the kick returner to the ground. So that's something that obviously the, the Raiders didn't feel that Trent Sieg did not well enough. You know, so they want to have another player. They don't want A.J. Cole. They don't want Daniel Carlson to be out there trying to, to, you know, stop somebody or tackle somebody. That's the last thing they want. They don't want those guys out there as the last line of defense. So uh, Jacob Obenmoyer right there being talked about by Coach Tom McMahon as far as some of the reasons why they brought him in. The final soundbite from Coach Tom McMahon is on a guy that I'm very high on, a guy that I think is going to really push – push DeAndre Carter in camp for, uh, for his spot. And what I mean by his spot is early playing time, and that's Trey Tucker. Here's Coach McMahon's thoughts on Trey Tucker. Yeah, you know, Trey's, Trey's done a great job. People have to realize that Trey was a kick returner at Cincinnati. You know, so Trey naturally can catch kickoffs. You know, and what he's done for us, he's done a great job of – and he's got a ways to go. We all have a ways to go, but he's really trying to learn how to catch punts. You know, and an NFL punt is 1,000, 1,000%, 1,000% different than a college punt. Okay, there's not a lot of guys in college that can hit 5-0, 4-5s, and it's a rollout play. As all of you know in this room, the college punt is Mars and we're on Earth. Okay, they can roll out and everybody can release when the ball snapped, and so you get the rugby punts. You don't get any of those. You have to pocket punt pretty much in this league, so he has to get under balls and catch them. And what I like is he is taking Danny Amendola's coaching. Okay, he's taking D.C., Hunter, all those guys, and he's trying to emulate them because they do it right. You know, he's got the best coach in the league that's done this for many years. Coach McMahon right there talking about Trey Tucker, and that's another reason why. What he just said is another reason why I think that there's a big camp battle between Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter. He's a kick returner by nature from Cincinnati, but he's also learning to be a punt returner, and he's, he's doing a good job of it. He's fielding the punts. He's fielding them pretty cleanly. Now, he only had – you know, he did have the one uh, – you know, the, the muff that I saw – uh, yesterday in the, in the indoor facility, but for the most part, Trey Tucker has been the part, and uh, we see him all the time in the special teams drills, and he's one of the first ones back there. He's getting after it. There's multiple guys that they have back there receiving punts and kicks. It's like they're rotating the guys, uh, different corners, different wide receivers, multiple dudes, you know, different uh, running backs. They have them back there uh, just trying to see which, which guys fit the best, but Trey Tucker, in my opinion, has done a really good job. So that's Coach Tom McMahon. Just a couple sound bites from him. We'll get to some Bilal Nichols and some Amir Abdullah in just a little bit. I wanted to go back to the don'tbebroke.com text line real quick at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, Jim from Yonkers said, Q, if Koontz doesn't make the team, who beats him out? I really think he can contribute, but it just might be a numbers game at this point. Thanks for a great show. That's from Jim from Yonkers. And I'll say that right now, Jim. I want to say this with all, the, all due respect. I don't. It don't, I think anybody could beat out Malcolm Kuntz at this point. He, to me, is another guy that I haven't seen anything from. I saw him today coming out of the cold box, and I said to Vinny, I said, oh, hey, there's 51. There's Malcolm Kuntz because somebody called 
uh, on my podcast line and said, hey, what's up with Malcolm Coots? Pay attention to him tomorrow. So I said, okay, I will. So I went looking for 51. And, and look, a lot of the times the defense is on the other two fields, the middle field and the far field. So we don't always get to focus in 100% on the defense. But, man, I haven't seen anything from 51. I, I really – and this is just my gut feeling. Nobody has told me this. I really feel like he's a guy that just does not fit in with what Patrick Graham wants to do. I just don't feel like he's a good fit in this defense. I'm not saying he can't contribute. I like what he did his rookie year, but that was under a different defensive coordinator. I don't think Koontz is a good fit. I really don't. I think that – and, again, just gut feeling. I think if the Raiders were able to find a trade partner for Koontz, they would do it. Really, if somebody said, hey, we'll take that dude off your hands, and they gave him even a seventh-round pick, maybe even a conditional seventh-round pick, I think the Raiders would take it. I think the Raiders would jump at it. I just don't see a role for Malcolm Koontz on this defense. It just Again, I could end up being wrong, and if I am, I'll come back and say, hey, my bad. The dude had a really good role, and, and yeah, that's where he fits. Uh, but I was very high on Koontz, especially after his rookie year. I thought, man, this guy in a limited amount of snaps was able to get to the quarterback. He could play. I just I don't see it in this defense. If he goes somewhere uh, with a different def- defensive coordinator that uh, understands how to use him or, or, or wants to use him in their scheme, I think he could be a player. I don't think he's a bum. I just don't think he fits in this system. That's, 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 I mean, that's just kind of where it ends as far as I'm concerned. Also got a text from Vegas Pete. Hey, Q, since both teams are at an impasse, Ziegler called the Colts and offered Jacobs for Taylor. Jacob lives, Jacobs lives in Oklahoma, so he'd be closer to home. Fixes both team issues either way. In my opinion, this is Jacobs last year as a Raider. That's from Vegas Pete. And I, I'm sure that you're not the only one who's thought that, that scenario right there. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Only one because Jonathan Taylor's only owed, like, what, $4 million this year? So I'm sure that the Colts don't want to pay a running back $10 million. Like, they would have to pay Josh Jacobs because it doesn't matter where he plays. He'd have to play on the franchise tag. And I'm sure he'd probably want a little bit more on top of that. But, you know, that situation, that's why I asked John McClain in the second hour about that situation with Jonathan Taylor. That thing looks like it's going to get ugly. Now, he brought up a great point. He's not going to pass up on $4 million. But right now, what is he doing? He's he's basically saying that he's he's there at camp, he's observing, but he's not, not out there participating. Right, and so the Colts are kind of digging in their heels and trying to put him on the NFI list, saying he's got a back injury. He came back on Twitter, said he doesn't have any back injury. No one, he doesn't know anything about that. Ursay has said a bunch of dumb stuff, including if I if I were to die and Jonathan Taylor were to die, nobody would think, you know, nobody would miss us. Like, who? What owner says that? I mean, what that person says that. Yeah, I mean, seriously, yeah, really. Like, regardless of 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 how you feel about just life in general, who would say that? Who would say that about your employee, right? And and even you. Like, I can never imagine going into my weekly meetings with Natalie and Natalie being like, you know, Q, if I die and you die, ain't nobody going to miss us. Like, where that might be true. <laughs> that might be my last day. I mean, yeah, it's just like, what? who says that? Yeah. I just It's just hearsay, man. He's one of those cats. And like I said yesterday, he was probably higher than a draft's ass when he said that because that's how he dibbles and dabbles. But, man – he just he's made a lot of bad moves and I think that that's a bad scenario happening in Indianapolis and and I don't as far as Jacobs goes I, I believe that they'll figure out something they'll work out this deal with Josh for this year but Vegas Pete you're absolutely right he could very well be in his last year with the silver and black and I'm sure that's probably how he's going to treat it right and as he should if I didn't get a long-term deal done and I knew I had the franchise tag that guaranteed me one year and the NFL stands for what not for long you just drafted two running backs you also have a couple in the stable as well that are undrafted free agents, and you know the climate. 
yeah, I'd probably assume that this is going to be my last year with the team too. And that's okay. Go out there with a chip on your shoulder. Go out there like he did last year and say, I'll show those guys. They didn't want to pick up my fifth-year option. I'll show them they made a mistake. All right, well, go out there and show them, prove that they, they made a mistake by not giving you a long-term deal. Now, I don't think that he should have to, but this scenario, how it is now, where they already passed the, the date where they can get a long-term deal done, that's the only option he's got. At this point, when you don't have any other options, unless you're going to sit out and sacrifice the $10 million and not get a, a credit for a year played, to me it doesn't make any sense. But, again, I mean, guys are going to make decisions based off of what they have to do. Josh Jacobs may be sitting in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now saying, you know what, I got plenty of money. I'm smart with my money. I didn't spend that much. I'm good. I'm set. My family's set. We're straight. I don't need to go play. And if that's the case, more power to it. You know, that I'm, I'm not mad at him if that's the scenario. That's, that's whatever he decides is best for him and his family and his situation. He knows a lot better than any of us do. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But for the Raiders as a team, they also got to do what's best for them, and that's what they're going to do as well. Raider C said, yo, Q, how's Chandler looking out there? Um, he's, he's looking spirited. Let's put it like that. Not, and, and that's not a bad thing. He's looking like he's very much in the role. He's in the mode. He's pretty pumped up to be out there. Um, he, but you know what? He looked really good in training camp last year as far as I'm concerned. So I, I want to say he looks pretty similar to what he looked last year in training camp. I want to see what it looks like once, once it gets real. You know, can he do what he was doing at the end of last season? Can he do that at the beginning of this season? Can he get out there and show the Chandler Jones who, who everyone expected the Raiders were getting when they signed him as a free agent last year? That's, that's what I want to see. But, yeah, I mean, he's out there. He looks, he looks good. Max looks good, obviously. They look fresh. You know, he knocked down a ball the other day or tipped a ball at the line of scrimmage, and nobody went and got it. It's kind of disappointing. I was happy to see Marcus Epps make a play on the ball today. I thought that that was good. That's a guy that, that's got to make some plays uh, or is expected to make some plays. I like that. There was one play that I was really curious about, and I said that Marcus Peters didn't have a very good day. There was one play, and this was not Marcus Peters' guy, even though there was a little bit of question on it. I can't remember who the wide receiver was, but it was it was some it was a running back. It wasn't it wasn't a, a wide receiver. It was a running back because Divine Diablo was lined up across from him, and Divine Diablo bumped him off the line of scrimmage, ran with him a little bit, and then it looked like he appeared to pass him off to Marcus Peters. The ball was in the air and just kind of floated, and it looked like to me, standing on the sideline, and it was near me. It looked like Marcus Peters could go up and just grab the ball, and he didn't. And the ball came down into either the receiver or, or it was either a, wide, a small wide receiver, a short wide receiver, or a running back. I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been DJ Turner or it might have been, you know, Amir Abdullah. I, I don't know. It was somebody smaller in stature. It wasn't a, a tall wide receiver. So, you know, I'm sorry that I forget exactly who it was. But I remember the reason I forget who it was is because I, kept, I looked around. I was like, wait, shouldn't he have intercepted that? That, that's a ball that just, I mean, and he looked at it, he located it, and it just kind of floated over his head. And to me, he could have just jumped up and, and, and intercepted it. And that would have been, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the second interception of training camp. But he didn't. So that, that play kind of confused me. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't, again, I don't know what the goal was. I know when I was standing there talking to people on the sideline, they said, oh, that wasn't Marcus's guy. And then uh, other Jesse Merrick, matter of fact, from News 3LV was like, I think he passed him off. I think Diablo passed him off to – to Marcus, and he was supposed to pick him up. And so I don't know if it was a communication thing. Maybe Marcus thought Divine was going to go up and make the play. Maybe Divine thought Marcus was – I don't know. But it just it, – it, let's put it like this. It, it wasn't a good play. 
<laughs> it shouldn't have ended the way it ended as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's see. We got another text from the 707, then we'll take a break. Uh, the Tyree Wilson injury scares the hell out of me because as Raider fans, we've had this happen a few times where we won't hear anything about the player, and then all of a sudden we hear the injury isn't getting better and he's out for the season. I'm praying it doesn't happen, but I'm starting to get a bad feeling that's from the 707, and I haven't heard anything. As you mentioned, haven't heard anything. Um, the last thing I heard about Tyree Wilson is that he was you know, getting closer. It was all part of the ramp-up period, and they were trying to work him into the mix, but I haven't heard anything since then. Since camp has started, I've heard nothing about Tyree Wilson. And we'll talk to head coach Joshua Daniels tomorrow. Uh, we could probably ask him an update on, on Tyree. I know he doesn't like to repeatedly be asked about guys that are injured. You know, he'll probably just say he's working through things like everyone else is working through some things. But uh, I think it's fair after, you know, six or seven days of practice to, to ask him about, hey, is he, you know, are you expecting him to, to come along pretty t- anytime soon? I think that'd be fair to ask. So we'll talk to head coach Josh McDaniels about 745 tomorrow morning. So that'll be one of the questions that we ask. And if someone else doesn't ask it already, I'll ask it. And we'll see what we get out of it. But uh, I know, again, like I said, injuries is not something that he updates all the time. And he'll say it specifically. Yeah, I'm not going to update injuries, you know, every time. But, again, after a handful of practices, it's probably fair to ask the question at this point. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Let's go ahead and look for caller number nine. How about I hook you up? Right? <laughs> How about I do something good for my country, man? 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. We're going to get you qualified for four tickets to an aviator's game. More importantly, that's one step, step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. You want to get a whole week in New Mexico with a hot air balloon trip in Albuquerque for three days and a hot air balloon trip uh, for the other days in, in New Mexico. You can get that. You can get one step closer to that. Like I said, it's a load of summer fun. More importantly, we're going to get you right now qualified for those four tickets to the Aviators game that get you closer to that uh, load of summer fun. Call number nine is what we're looking for. 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. You like to eat. America loves to eat. So why not open up somewhere America can sit down, enjoy a meal, and get their feet rubbed? We'll fry anything you want for $5.99. As long as it's friable or edible, we're going to make it deliciousable. We will fry parts of the chicken you didn't even know was friable. Let's just decide you don't want no barbecue. Well, that's fine, too. Why not let one of my foot specialists or myself perform our magic? Look at that. Don't they look wonderful? If you really pay me enough, we'll massage your feet in any of these sauces also. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Well done, Ari. Well done. I like that comeback right there with Jones Barbecue Foot Massage. That was something. That was good. <laughs> you weren't you weren't lying. I look, I try to tell you, man, that's taking it back in the day, man. I remember Jones Barbecue Foot Massage from back in the day. That was some good <laughs> stuff. And uh, Ari found it and brought it to the table on today's show, something we talked about yesterday. So if you didn't hear yesterday's show, you have no idea where that came from. But uh, it was something that uh, we talked about on the show. So well done, Ari, going out and finding that. Again, Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio today. Got to give a big shout-out to Bill and Jason. Both are uh, guys that got registered for four tickets to the Aviators game, which is more importantly – Got him one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun to having that week in New Mexico with a hot air balloon trip in Albuquerque, then three days in Santa Fe, plus $1,700 spending money. Or you could just flat out take the cash, which is $3,000. Take the trip, take the cash. Lotus Summer of Fun. Again, Bill and Jason, shout out to them as they got registered today for those four tickets to the Aviators game. And, uh, yeah, man, Ari, well done. Again. Jones Barbecue Foot Massage. That was fantastic. Put me on to something funny. Hey, man, I'm just glad that you found it and you were able to put it to use. 
I like that. Really, really good stuff, man. Definitely appreciate the extra effort there. Got a text from the 209, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. A lot of people are hating on Jimmy G and the interception he threw, but then someone said, why are we barely hearing about an interception? So I go with saying, how's the secondary? Looking any better or more or less same since last season? That's from the 209, and I don't think anyone's hating on Jimmy G for throwing an interception. Interception's going to happen. Uh, and that was just a bad throw that he made. That was a wide Jimmy, you know, and he's going to make that wide Jimmy throw uh, probably every game, right? I mean, people that cover San Francisco, they all joined the show and said, hey, every game you're going to get frustrated. There'll be one pass that you just kind of wonder what in the world was that. Uh, Isaiah Palomoa made a great play where he uh, – well, it wasn't a great play. He just secured the play, which I guess is a good play or a great play because the Raiders don't have very many interceptions that they create. And I'll say this. The, I think the secondary is being very competitive. I think they're getting after it. But there's too many times where it's like, oh, they were almost there or almost there and not enough getting it done and coming up with a big turnover. Again, I've only seen one interception so far in training camp. It's been said that there's been two, but I didn't see the first one. So I'm just going to go with what I saw. And I've only seen one, and that was the one that Isaiah Palomoa had. Uh, I saw Marcus Epps break up a great play today, make a great play on a, a pass to Hunter Renfro underneath. Thought that that was really good, but... Marcus Peters, like I mentioned, uh, I thought he had an opportunity for an interception today, and it didn't happen. Uh, and really, I haven't seen too many other guys. We've seen a couple balls tipped, and they go up in the air, and then they fall harmlessly to the ground. Those are the ones that frustrate me the most. Like, if you have those, and if you don't get – like, you're not going to get every one of those, right? Just because it's tipped up in the air doesn't mean that you're going to get it every time. But what I want to see is somebody dive. Somebody, like, make, you know, try to run after the ball. Someone get on the ground and get a little dirty trying to get it. Then at least I know that the instincts are get ball. That's what I'm not seeing. That's what's frustrating. And that's why when it happens, I look over at video. I was like, you got to get the ball. You've got to get the ball in that scenario. At least make a dive at it. At least show that effort that you're trying to get it because then it becomes habit forming. If you do it in practice, guess what you're going to do on game day? You're going to do the same thing. If you don't do it in practice and think, oh, I could just turn it on during the game, more likely than not, unless you're a special, special player, you're not going to do that. Right? I appreciate the play that Meek Robertson made earlier today where he turned and located the ball and knocked it away. The official threw the flag and called pass interference, but I thought it was a pretty clean play. Uh, Ja'Cory Bennett, he's been very competitive. I mean, when you see the rookie step up and say, hey, I want to you know, do a one-on-one drill against Devontae Adams, that tells you something. Now, he lost. He lost that drill, but he was willing to, to, to run that drill. He was willing to put his, his head in there and say, hey, let's do it. I'm good with that. He also made a nice little play on the side. Uh, it was a running play, and he got, he got in there and, and, and got the ball carrier to the ground. Ta- you know, textbook form tackle. I thought that, that was really good. Uh, let's see, 209 haters as in people on Twitter, but I'm with you. It's supposed to happen. I kind of hope we heard more about it. Uh, to have faith in our D. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Two, uh, 209, appreciate that text. Yeah, Twitter is a special place, <laughs> right? It's a special, special place at times. It's pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, there's, you know, there's always going to be people that are going to be upset and, and, you know, talk trash until they see what they want, either results for the team winning or people no longer with the organization. That's just kind of the reality of it. But thank you for that text. Uh, I do appreciate you. I did want to get into a couple little sound bites. Speaking of defense, how about from Bilal Nichols? Uh, he was a guy that the Raiders brought in as a free agent last year. And as Jason Horowitz pointed out when he started the show in the opening drive, he said he didn't think Bilal Nichols really got enough credit for what he was able to do with the Raiders last year. He didn't hear his name called all the time, but he was really good at stuffing the run. This year, to me, it feels like there's a lot more competition in that defensive line room. It feels like it's deeper and has a chance, as I, t- as I mentioned to Jason, to be the strength 
of the Raiders' defense. So here's Bilal Nichols talking about the competitiveness amongst the defensive line room. Oh, it's very competitive. Uh, we, we compete in everything we do, even shooting the trash inside the trash can. Uh, you know, but it's a... Uh, but, you know, that's what makes each other better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and, and uh, we're very close, too. It's competitive, but we're very close. We get together with each other. Um, we always with each other, 25-8. Um, you know, uh, we've we made that a huge priority, and it's allowed guys to be able to compete and still push each other so that we all can get better. So there's Bilal Nichols talking about the competitiveness and said that they even compete when they're throwing the, throwing the trash into the trash can. It's funny because in the media room, and I mentioned this the other day, uh, Case Kiefer, he's, he threw the water bottle into the trash can and made it and then turned around and looked for everybody to validate him, and I called him out for that. And so it's funny, when Bilal mentioned throwing the, the trash into the trash can, Adam Hill, he mentioned who's the best at it in the room, just kind of, you know, just having a little bit of fun at the end of the media session. Who, who's the best at it? And Bilal said, oh, I am. So that prompted me to say, but do you turn around and do you look for validation? And he said, 100%. So then Case got a big chest then. All of a sudden his chest swelled up. He was like, see, thank you. They're trying to villainize me for that, but you do it too. So now Case is feeling himself because Bilal Nichols also looks for validation when he uh, makes, a, makes the trash into the trash can. And so Case feels like he's on Bilal Nichols' level, but clearly he's not. He also said that he's the best at it in the room, and Case thinks he's the best in the room as well, as he's four for eight. And I was like, that's 50%, and you're, you're, you're sitting so close to the trash can, it's almost like you're doing a layup line. So if you're 50%, that's not really that good. I'm actually really far away. I'd have to shoot a Steph Curry three-pointer if I was trying to make the trash. And since it's a water bottle, I really don't want to hit nobody. <laughs> Let me mess around and get an assault charge. Q threw a water bottle at me. I can hear it now. Right, that would be my luck. So I'm not gonna do that. Little, you know, uh, what's his? I said little. Uh, what's his name? Ryan. Uh, you know, he goes by Beast. Uh, he he's the guy. He's the guy with all the muscles. The guy that don't like grasshoppers. <laughs> he's he's the one. <laughs> I haven't told you that story, Ari. I guess not. All right, Ryan Sakamoto. Cool, cool dude. Right, he's in the, the media name, room. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the media room. He's been on the morning tailgate a few times. He goes by, like, Beast Rider. Uh, anyway, uh, he's, he's like one big muscle. Like, he's always flexing his muscles. He's always, you know, doing all the whole workout thing. Well, there was a time during, I want to say, either OTAs or mandatory minicamp where we were having a lot of the crickets and grasshoppers around town. Oof. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And so we were out there, and Cassie Soto is not a fan of grasshoppers. Cassie Soto is also a girl. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. So she sees the grasshopper or cricket, whatever you want to call it, and she made, you know, she was like, oh, oh, let me get away from it like that. So we're walking back to the media room, and she's all cool and chill. All of a sudden, one of them damn grasshoppers or crickets jump up, and Ryan jumps out of his skin. Like, he literally jumped out of his skin and started, like, doing a two-step. You know what I mean? Like, he looked like he was doing, like, the pee-pee dance or something as a kid. Like one of those cartoons where the giant characters. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, what I'm envisioning. And now. I looked at him. I said, what are you doing? And we're walking back. I said, what are you doing? He's like, I don't like grasshoppers. I don't like crickets. And I said, man, you got too many damn muscles to be re reacting like that. Like, you walking around with a cutoff shirt on. You know what I mean? A cutoff shirt on. You got, you know, you're, you're, you're all swole up and everything. And you're talking about all the cutting that you're doing and all the – I said, man, you're too – you're too slow for all that, man. Don't be, don't be acting like that. Oh, no, Q, I don't like those. And so I give him a bad time every time I see him. I have to give him a bad time about that. So yeah, you can right, now it all makes sense. Yeah, yes. so you can send this to him and let him know that I'll, I'll tell him right. tomorrow morning again. I'll be like, I was talking about you again on the radio. you like, yeah, it's the first time I heard about you, but a great first impression. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll never forget. Yeah, hey, when you call him, call him and be like, hey, crickets, or hey, <laughs> hey, grasshopper. <laughs> there you go.
Yeah, man, but still, you yeah, can't have this? you can't have that many muscles and then be worried about a little cricket or a little grasshopper. Hey, man, some of those some of those uh, bigger fellas just softies, right? I guess, man. I guess it's it's all that it's it's all that muscle and I'm no just go. Waiting for a stray to come to Demond. I wasn't even now. gonna fire a shot at Demond, <laughs> but you tried to. You I did. Try, it. I you did tried it to tee it up. Now, see, now you're feeling yourself. Now you're getting <laughs> a little froggy. Now you know you're like he's a nice guy. Take a shot so, at Demond. You know, but yeah, we'll take that shot. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, so that I don't even know how I got on the subject of grasshoppers and crickets, but there you go. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, moving on with what Bilal Nichols had to say in his media session earlier today. One of the things we've heard. A lot from all these coaches, from Coach McDaniels, from Patrick Graham, from anyone who's any coach out there is about disruption. They've got to have disruption. And so he was asked, matter of fact, I think Case might have asked the question to Bilal, what disruption means to him? You know, just doing my technique to the best of my ability and being a factor on each and every play. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, we have great coaches here. We have uh, great players. And, uh, you know, um, you just got to trust your training and your technique. You trust your training and your technique and you'll be disruptive, you know what I'm saying? You'll make an impact on that play. And that's just, you know, being doing that on a consistent basis every single play. There he goes. Bilal Nichols talking about disruption and trusting your technique. It's like old Lester Hayes, uh, you know, interview. Yeah, it's your technique. You got to have your technique, Q. Lester Hayes, who did not make the cut for the uh, the Hall of Fame for uh, 2024, unfortunately. Uh, at some point, man, the guy's going to get into the Hall, but – uh, yeah, there's Bilal Nichols just talking about disruption, what it means to him, and, and how to disrupt uh, the opposing offenses. Just got a couple more from Bilal, and then we'll take a quick break. And this is just on a player. How about Robert Spillane, a guy that I think today was designed for. When the pads go on and they can actually be, you know, they can be physical, that's right up Robert Spillane's alley. So here's Bilal Nichols talking about new linebacker for the Raiders, Robert Spillane. Oh, man, uh, Rob's a great dude. Uh, he brings the intensity. Uh, one thing about Rob, he's very physical. You know, and as a, as a D lineman, uh, you know, having somebody that's physical like him coming downhill, uh, you appreciate that. And, uh, you know, just seeing him fly around, come downhill, uh, ready to uh, thump and bang, uh, you know, it, it kind of turned you up. Like, let's go, Rob. Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, um, you know, another unbelievable guy who bring it every day. Bilal Nichols on Robert Spillane, and again, he, he loves the physicality, man. He, he loves it. So when the pads came on, and uh, most of these players do, right, they, they look forward to it. They know that today was a special day because now it's, it's like football. Football, as Amir Abdullah said, is not played in, in shorts and a T-shirt. It's played with pads on and helmets and, and all that. So I, I think that a guy like Robert Spillane today was probably like Christmas for him when he knew that he was able to get out there and, uh, you know, lay a little bit of wood, obviously not trying to hurt anybody of his own teammates. But uh, this is this is when Robert Spillane is going to be at his best, when he has a chance to be physical. And we know one guy, as I mentioned before, who's already in midseason form, that's Max Crosby. So here's Bilal Nichols talking about his defensive line roommate, uh, Max Crosby. That's every day with Max. I mean, you know, he, he that type of guy, uh, you know, he inspires others with his work, with his work ethic. Uh, and he's going to bring it every day. And, and, and as a teammate, it forces you – to have to match his energy, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, he's just an all-around unbelievable dude, and uh, he inspired all his teammates just to be better and better each day. So there's uh, Bilal Nichols talking about Max Crosby, and Max was all over the field today. Uh, he was, you know, pump, pumping up the crowd, you know, telling them to, to get loud and, you know, turn up. When he was running his lap from being offsides, he was, you know, he ran right past us, and, and the crowd cheered him on, and he said, turn up! Turn up like he he's fired up. He's you know, he's waving his hands to try to get folks pumped up and everything. He's he's just that guy. He's, you know, high fiving and, uh, you know, slapping hands with every player that passes them. I mean, he's just that's what he's ready for. He's, he's about that life. And 
Again, he was mic'd up today by the Raiders, so I can only imagine when that drops. I told Eddie Pascal, I was standing next to him, I said, hey, man, there's going to be a lot of editing you got to do on that one, a lot of bleeping you got to do uh, because Max is out there talking that ish, right? So, <laughs> And please believe he was. So there's Bilal Nichols. We still got Amir Abdullah on the way. We'll try to squeeze a few sound bites in from him. But coming up next, we're going to take a quick break, come back with reason or excuse. My man Ari is going to take over. He's got a few uh, topics that he wants to bring to the table, and we'll decide if it's a reason or excuse, and we'll close out the show. This is how we do on this Tuesday. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. All right, let's do it. Ah, here we go again, Q. There is a petition gaining some steam for the Commanders to revert its old Redskins name again. Uh, the new owner casually mentioned that they may consider changing the name like at some point. It's not really a high priority. Uh, but here we are. There is a petition. Is that a good reason uh, just right now because he mentioned that? Uh, is that the reason or just an excuse to drop a petition like right now as opposed to years ago or in the offseason or maybe not two weeks right before the preseason? Um, I think that that's... It's an excuse by a lot of people to just try to get the name, the old name back, which I never had a problem with, but it's not for me to have a problem with, right? I mean, obviously, they, they found reason for it not to be the Redskins, whatever the case may be. Look, I grew up with the Washington Redskins. I grew up with the Atlanta Braves. I grew up with the Cleveland Indians. I grew up with the Kansas City Chiefs. I grew up, You know what I mean? The list goes on and on and on. I get it, right? It's, it's not uh, particularly what people want to hear, so fine. No, no problem. But now that you've gone away from it, don't reverse back. You know, now that you've already said, you know, bye and made that decision, regardless who it was, and they have new ownership, now just move on. I don't think that they can change the name again. I really don't. I think that that's way too many. You went from the Redskins to the football team to the Commanders. Now you're also going to revert course. Like, you want to talk about a team that ain't got no direction. That would just sound like a big mess. But they have new ownership, so maybe that's their excuse and their reasoning for okay, this is how this is how it's going to be moving forward, and we're going to stick with this. So I guess maybe I don't know. It takes a lot to change a name though of an NFL franchise. It's not like you're just changing a minor league team's name or you're changing your you know your intramurals team name or whatever like that. Like this is is a big deal. So there's a lot of merchandise. There's a lot of hoops that you got to jump through. I don't know if it's something that is worth it or something that they would be willing to do, but. I guess we'll see. But for me, it's just an excuse for a bunch of people that want the old name back who never wanted to see it leave to begin with to all of a sudden say, oh, yeah, go ahead. Let's let's all sign this petition. And we're going to change it back. Like, those rarely work. So we'll see what happens. But I don't think you'll see anything from it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's uh, last. I think it's way late on the priorities, too, and that, that they got a lot of other challenges to deal with right now, right? Right. All right. Speaking of change and things we do not want to change, that they just keep changing. X is now making it so you can only DM people who follow you back. By the way, X is Twitter. I have to. I feel the right. need to say that for all of us normal. People. I thought that was the rule anyway. No, no, no. You can like so. You know, for example, you're following some maybe like a, a bigger name or something. Whatever celebrity, football yeah, yeah, player, yeah. whatever. And like you, I'm following you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's me. Right. Let's say, and let's say I'm someone you know big, big in this game, right. and you right, know right, we right. don't know each other. Yeah. And I don't follow who's Q Myers. I don't follow you back. Yeah. Well, if you want to get me on your show, you're a professional, so am I. You can reach out via DM. Hey, this is Q Myers. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. I do that often. Not anymore. Not unless you want to pay that subscription fee. 
That's the new rule. You have to subscribe. Really? Be official. Yeah, which... Even so, if your DMs are open? Yes, correct. Okay, because mine... Okay, so maybe that's why I'm confused. Mine are open. Same and, here. And the reason mine are open is because I've had a lot of people reach out to me and ask me to come on their show. That's how Kay Adams asked me to go on their show. Um, you know, her producer reached out and said, hey, this is so-and-so from the Kay Adams show. Want enough you come on, you know, talk Raiders. That was the first time. She reached out just to tell me that she listened to the podcast one day and she really thought it was a good show. And then that's how, you know, we kind of opened up the line of communication. But that's interesting. So even if you have your, your DMs open, you can't send a message. Correct. In, unless that person follows you back. Yeah, which then, and uh, Damon and I had a nice funny convo about this earlier, and then it's like back and forth. Damon Wait. don't book guests, so he no, don't no, need to worry he don't, about it. But, but, you know. That was an unnecessary uh, shot. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it might have been necessary. <laughs> that was an uh, unnecessary shot. <laughs> I think it's warranted. I'm anyway. just giving him a bad time. <laughs> uh, no, but so, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. And to me, it's like this is, the, this is supposed to be like a social community that's yeah. kind of the, the vibe of twitter and whether it's professional like i just mentioned or in your case you just mentioned it she just want to throw you a compliment hey peers to peers good job out there that's all I, i'll tell you right now that is a really good way though to reach out to you know we've had some great guests on this show that i've reached out and just said hey this is so and so i know sometimes their their dm won't be open so i'll send them a tweet that everybody can see and i know people are like <laughs> what does that tweet even mean i'll say like hey if sometimes. you get a, a chance shoot me a dm and then a lot of times they will and they'll be like oh hey What's up? And I'll say, hey, I'm trying to get you on the show. I saw your article on this, that, and the other. Could you join the show? Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But, yeah, I've, I've gotten a lot of guests on, on the show yeah. by, by way of Twitter. So that was stink. Same here. And I've also gotten a couple little just, like, opportunities or people reaching out for, you know, business things. Just, yeah. They just – we just don't have access to one another. So Right. Ah, so I just want to know, is this uh, – I, I think it's just a push for some money. They're going to claim it's probably to minimize bots and minimize people. No, 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 no. You're spot on. That's an excuse. No, it's an absolute excuse for money. Absolute excuse for money. This whole thing that Elon Musk has done with Twitter and everything that he's done has been 150% all about just him getting money. He spent way too much money on on an app that wasn't worth it, and now he's trying to do everything he can to get money. But, yeah, it's all excuses, and it sucks. He's really – I mean, I've already said that Twitter is a cesspool, but now it's became a, like a, a, a organized mess of cesspool, right? It's even worse yeah. than it was. Again, it's it's good for communication if used correctly, but now he's there's so many rules. And, like, I use TweetDeck all the time, and apparently you can't use TweetDeck unless you subscribe to Twitter oh, Blue. Um, you know, like, I had verification a long time ago, and apparently – we lost verification for a while unless you were subscribed to Twitter Blue, but then we got it back if we were – it's just really weird. It's it's dumb. And really, verification, like a little blue check, doesn't mean anything, but it does let people know that you're reaching out to and asking them to come on your show, that you're exactly you're, – you're legit and you're not some weirdo trying to reach out to them. Uh, I would say it did in the past because now if you really pay attention, I mean, Nobody has anyone can – yeah. Well, I'm going to say the opposite. Like any Joe Schm- I don't mean it like that, but just any normal person can have that little check. Oh, yeah, I know. Even if it is Joe 4697. Right. And more, more more times than not, it is that person now. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Elon. So, yeah, he screwed the whole thing up. But yeah, all excuses there, Ari. Yeah, agreed. You know, I'll do get this quick one too here. Okay. Uh, we talked to uh, John McClain earlier about that. The Mets paid a ton of money for Scherzer and Verlander, and now they just traded them over to that. Uh, well, not both, but traded them away. Start fresh with some new prospects. A fresh new team. Sounds kind of like a reason, or is that just an excuse? Because they don't want to spend all that money. 
No, it's it's. I mean, it's a reason that they're forced to do. They spent a whole lot of money. They opened up the pocketbook because they were going to be a really good team. And guess what? They stink. It shows that if you spend a ton of money, it doesn't mean that you're going to get the results that you're looking for. They didn't, so now they're selling it off. They're still paying a lot of money. As John McClain pointed out, they're paying most of Verlander's contract. They're paying a lot of Scherzer's contract. Scherzer went to the Rangers, Verlander to the Astros, and the Mets are stuck with, well, they got some, some free agent or some uh, young prospects, which is great. But, yeah, they, they spent a lot of wasted money. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a reason for them to start new because they have to. They don't have any option. The money that they spent – uh, did not did not bring the results that they were looking for. So, yeah, that's the reason everything else, as far as I'm concerned, has been an excuse. So there you go. Ari hitting us with his daily version of reason or excuse. We definitely appreciate you for that, Ari. Now, uh, man, this is this is all about you, brother. Uh, how about National Days of the Day? What we got? What are you working on? Oh, man, Th- there's like 17,000 today. Why would there be so many National Days of the Day, first of all? Uh, you said something in the pod last night. What was it? August, uh, August 1st is... Uh... It's the, the first, first of the, of the month. month. Wake yeah. up, wake up. Yeah, it's a hood holiday, that man. That one's not on here for some reason. Well, it's the first of the month. It's the hood holiday, man. That's the only right. – matter of fact, there's only 12 of them all year long, and, and we only get to celebrate so many of them because sometimes the first falls on the end of the – or of, on the weekend. I used to get so mad at my old producer in, in Central Texas named Zach Burke. I'll put, his both, I'll put his whole government name out there. I don't care. Every first of the month, I wanted him to have in the intro – Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first, especially because our show was early in the day. And he was like, one time he didn't do it. And I was like, what happened? It's the first of the month. He's like, oh, I forgot. I'll get it next month. I was like, dog, there's only 12 of them. Like, there's only 12 all year. We got 365 days out of the year. There's only 12 days you got to focus in on. And that's the first. (laughs) And then half those you don't have to worry about because a lot of them are on the weekend. So really, Maybe eight of them at, at best, and you can't remember one. I wonder what else he's forgetting on the first of the month. That's kind of scary. Well, he, uh, you should be ready to go. He was a every dude. First of the month. His his theme was I'm just trying to get by. He was his theme. I mean, he would tell us that I'm just trying to get by. So just the third to get or the day. fifth of the month. <laughs> so needless to say, he no longer works in the radio business. So he's a good dude. Really good dude. He's been a guest on this show, but he is no longer in the radio business because he was just trying to get by. Yeah, that's how it works. Well, right. today is, let's see, I don't, there's so give me, many. Give me a couple days a day. Let me I'll give a couple me. good serious ones. World Lung Cancer Day. Okay, in, that's a good one. There's International Child Free Day. I guess okay. that works. All uh, right. World Scout Scarf Day. What is now, that? We, uh, now we're just getting weird. Yeah, here. yeah. Uh, let's see. Give me one good one. Right. Uh I don't not, know. Too, not too serious. I don't want to get sentimental. Just give me one. We got National Girlfriends Day. Okay. Celebrate the girlfriend. Oh, wait a so minute. So you celebrate having girlfriends or what? Not quite. This is actually for women to okay. celebrate with their, their, uh, their special bond of friendships. Yes. Okay. So maybe the ladies all get together after work yeah, and they go and hang out. Girl power, yes. Have a, have a girl's day. All right. So, so it's National Girlfriends. Wife, it's National <laughs> Girlfriends Day today. Call your girls. <laughs> Talk a little smack about your uh, significant other. Right. Want, exactly. You know? All the trash is talking. Man, that guy's so loud. <laughs> right, I know. Right now, the wife's on the phone. Like, Mary's phone is ringing. Michelle's phone is ringing. Demi's phone is ringing. They're like, girls, right. it's girlfriend day. So Just heard on the radio. We're out. Have a good time. There, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, National Girlfriends Day. So, so ladies one. out there, uh, call your girlfriend. Say what up. Take do a what selfie. You do. You know. Handle your, no, don't take a selfie. <laughs> you got to take a selfie for everything. You literally no. have to hashtag All right, you don't everything. have to hashtag and I'm have kidding. selfies for everything. I'm kidding. How about hashtag selfie? We'll be back tomorrow. All right? (laughs) It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a great night.